Welcome to the Dopa Podcast. Fueling conversations around creative wellness and turning negative barriers into positive tools for mental success. Brought to you by the Department of Proactiveness and your host, Alex Normanton. Joining me today is Graham Sturt, Creative Director and Partner of D8 Amsterdam. We discuss the idea and reasons for why I set up DOPA, the vision behind the brand, and what it seeks to achieve. Mr. Sturt, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm feeling great, thank you. So I just want to thank you for opening up your home, your beautiful, lovely, curated, design-led, architectural masterpiece, I have to say. It's very kind of you to be willing to talk. And really, we want to talk about DOPA uh, this morning for this first episode, and really about the idea behind it, why it's come about. Um, I know you've been involved from a, just a, a, a loose friendship creative level, which I totally appreciate. But yeah, I just want to get into unpacking what DOPA is about, the podcast idea, the idea behind the brand, uh, and really much the vision for where this could go. For this first pilot, I just wanted to flip the interviewee and the interviewer um, around. So actually, you're going to be interviewing me this morning. That's lovely that you asked me to do this. It feels like something that I instinctively want to be involved in. So let's get started, shall we? What exactly is DOPA? Yeah, so DOPA is kind of an idea that I've been floating around with for about a year now. The acronym stands for the Department of Proactiveness. And that really is about being proactive, about starting to talk about the subject of creative wellness. We've heard about wellness as a subject for quite a long time. We know that mental health issues are completely on the rise and have been specifically within the lockdown and the coronavirus and people spending more time within the same four walls often. So we know wellness has hugely grown and a lot of people are talking about it. But I've not really heard a lot of people talking about creative wellness. And what I mean by that is really how do you navigate through those topics that creatives typically come up against in a day-to-day level? Feelings of self-doubt, feelings of fear. Am I good enough? Am I going to crack this? How am I going to navigate from A to B? Am I fearful of that journey? Am I excited about that journey? And I kind of liken creative wellness almost to the similar thought process of the creative process. So you start with that brief, which is, wow, this is incredible. This is so exciting. It's going to be totally amazing. I'm, I'm up for it. And then quickly go, oh, this is massive. I mean, this, this, this could be huge. And that kind of fear of uncertainty kicks in. And if you're not careful, you can slowly start to go down the rabbit hole of what am I doing? Is this right? I don't know. I'm not good enough. I'm scared of where this could go. And so it's just trying to bring some positivity to those feelings often associated with creative people, people in the creative industries, the processes of, but even you know people who are studying design and creativity. And so what I wanted to do is just talk about those negative feelings, those negative thought processes, and put a positive spin on it. So it's kind of giving tools for positive mental creative output, really. Fantastic. As uh, someone who's been in the creative industry for more than 25 years, it's a topic I think is so relevant in our industry. We're constantly under pressure all the time to deliver. And I think exploring this topic is something that's much needed. Where did the inspiration come from for the idea? 
it's born out of actually what's happening in my life right now. I've spent 20 years in the creative industry in London, worked in Sydney, worked in Amsterdam, which is where I currently live, been here three years. Unfortunately, I'm not working for a company right now, and I'm really exploring what's next for me. And I think after 20 years, you kind of hit this period of, wow, I've, I've worked pretty, pretty hard over the last 20 years. Is this everything I thought this would be? Is there something better? Is there something else? What do I want to do? We're so used to coming out of university, wanting to get into a creative industry, wanting to, to do those you know, high-powered jobs. There's a huge sense of competition. By having some time out, which I've chosen to do, actually, for my own mental headspace, yeah, just to really think about what's important in my life. And that's my family. But I'm also incredibly passionate about what I do and how you can turn passion into creativity and how you can make that a living. Always remember a college tutor saying to me in Leeds, hey, Dave Anderson, if you can do a job that you love and you're totally passionate about, would you do what you do if you weren't getting paid? And I think that's always been the case for me. I'm, I'm incredibly passionate about what I do. And so by having this time out and this chosen time out, I wanted to really put the emphasis and energy into certain things I've been experiencing, but also the environment of the lockdown, the COVID and the pandemic, and really start to put that negative energy and some kind of negative thoughts that may have been going on in my mind and flip it into positivity and give it to the industry and anyone out there who, yeah, is maybe struggling or is maybe super confident, but everyone has those battles at some point. So it's about using this time to really put energy and passion and positivity back into, yeah, ultimately people's ears. Well, this is a really good use of your time then. This is um, a wonderful platform to give something back and something I'd highly recommend giving back for all costs. I think also something that you touched on there about being creative, it's usually a calling rather than a career. <laughs> and it's um, you know usually something that we do because we are so passionate about it. You know, If we were in this for the money, I think we would do some other job. So I think it's very sensible that after 20 years, you, you take the time to actually think about where you are, where you want to go. And doing something like this, I think is highly admirable. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, just a practical question. So how is the content going to be delivered? The simplest way to do this is just through candid conversations like we're having now. Predominantly, it's going to be served through audio streaming, likes of Spotify, and all good podcast outlets, really. And that's really just to put those verbal conversations in people's ears. That's where I really want to start by doing this pilot. Hopefully, that will encourage kind of the, the level of people I'd like to get involved with this uh, and also potential brand partnership endorsements affiliates to really get behind it because i have the vision that i don't just want to keep it to a podcast um, i mean there's over i don't know what the statistics are at least i don't know fifty thousand upwards podcasts in the world why another one because i don't feel people are talking about this enough and so we'll start with spotify and then the vision is really to grow it it could be an event for example, it could be a leadership inspirational platform, download the, the podcast notes, listen to the episode, have some editorial content. So actually it grows beyond the audio and it becomes a sort of 360 in terms of a brand. But that's kind of much further down the line. Fantastic. 
Yeah, I think encouraging people to just open up on this topic is, particularly in the creative community, will be a fantastic thing. As creative leaders, we all kind of have a certain face that we put out to the industry. It's almost kind of a bit curated. And to kind of get underneath the surface, to kind of get people to show a little bit more of themselves, I think will be very encouraging. Younger creatives and also people going through hard times. So I love that aspect of turning something negative into something positive. Yeah, and I, I think you touched on something there, which I thought was interesting. You know, we're talking from 20 plus years, plus 25 for you. I think it's as relevant to our generation, the kind of industry heavyweights, but not I physically keep heavyweights. I a veteran, <laughs> veteran recently. Wow. I, I'm a Are veteran, apparently. Yeah. You're retiring. Um, no, you're actually starting something amazing. But anyway, um, I think those thought patterns in the creative heavyweights, the people who've been through those heavy years of graft, passion, grit, determination, and award-winning, to the student who's coming through. And, and even you know a couple of people I've been in touch with recently are just questioning, why did they get into this industry? I've graduated. I've got a really solid portfolio. I'm struggling to break in. And I think it's not about them. It's just about the environment and the culture and the situation we're in. Jobs are reduced. doesn't mean they're not great. And so it's just how to turn that negative headspace into, you can do this. You've got some great work. How can we encourage people to just be more positive in their outlook? So I think it's relevant for people who've been around a while, people are starting out. I think you're perfectly right there. I was just thinking about students at university yesterday they must all be studying online right now and how difficult must that be to be kind of a, maybe at your parents home or something just stuck to your computer and not have that lovely camaraderie that you get with uh, fellow students where you're all fresh you're all kind of really up for it and you learn from each other as much as you learn from your tutors that's kind of blocked from them right now and you know there are so many things that come into play that can kind of uh, impact on your aspiration to be a creative. So if you're going to explore that, I think that's wonderful too. Who's involved in the project? Well, from a creative perspective, kind of done the setup of the brands, the strategy of the brand, um, the visual aspect of the brand, partly because I wanted a fun project to actually get back being hands-on. I kind of, I missed that gritty hands-on approach in what I've done in the last you know, two or three roles. I think what you find is the more senior you become, you actually become a little bit more further removed from what you loved to do. And for me, that was designing. Naturally, I love to direct people, but I love being hands-on as well, sometimes to my own detriment. So who's involved from an interviewee perspective? We've spoken about this. You, you said you'd love to be involved, so you're, you're one of those people. God help me, and here I am. <laughs> I think you're doing great. I've also spoken to several people, um, predominantly within Amsterdam, actually, because I wanted to base the startup episodes on the creative industry here. And from people I've met through my time in a very short space of time, actually, who I just identify with what they're doing, what they're trying to do with design and creativity, and who I think would just be super interesting to interview. Um, what's their perspective? What's their take? Could be British international creative directors. It could be Dutch creative directors, filmmakers, and anyone really around the creative industry who's working in it at a really interesting level. And that's not about, you know, the massive superstar agencies. I'm interested in in everyone from a boutique agency, a one-man band, 
to a global agency. So a mixture of creative individuals, really. It'll be interesting to see what content comes out, uh, but I'm sure everyone you talk to will have pretty much the same kind of feedback. You know, they'll all have struggled at points in their career, and it'll be interesting to hear how they coped with those uh, challenges. Yeah, and I think it will be a mixture of subjects. And I'm, I'm kind of thinking and writing around what those things could be. Rough titles, from fear to fun. Um, navigating from self-doubt to the illuminated house of fun was actually the first thing I wrote. And there's something about that that already connects, I think, emotionally. The contributor I've spoken to about that is super into that. So that, that's a great title. And, and I hope he will be involved. Well, na- name check him and then he'll have to. Mr. David Carson, please be involved. Through to, yeah, navigating from self-doubt to self-belief. And I think that flip, just in a sentence between negative to positivity, is something I really want to explore. And I think there's loads of things that fall within those categories. Fantastic. What's the vision for where this initiative can go? We've talked about the growth of the brand, very agency speak, in terms of touch points beyond audio streaming events, editorial platform, maybe a a publication. That's really about the brand and materials people can engage with. Beyond that, I think the vision is really to empower people, which is just richer than things that are produced. How can we put positivity back in people's minds uh, and mindset? And really to encourage people more in this industry. On one side, you have a super exciting, engaging, passionate, blown away by lots of beautiful things, design that is touching people on a daily basis. On the flip side of that, I think actually it's a super, super critical industry that actually, if you're not careful, can start to swing your mind in a little bit of a a negative way. And, And that's really what I want to speak into, to take that negativity back into positivity and to not be too self-critical. That's it really. Picking up on some of the things that you said, I think from my perspective, I, I would love to to see maybe some of these points picked up by industry and fed back into agencies. So if we hear, for instance, that the creative environment in an agency is contributing towards negativity, can actually be turned around by some of the agency owners, for instance, you know, just things like that. Yeah, I think that's fair. The creative industry is, is, is just an amazing thing. But actually, there is or can be underneath that daily grind of, I can't work with this person. They're actually making me quite sad and and upset and and worthless. Um, But it doesn't matter how hard I try, I'm just not hitting that level. I've worked in advertising. I started my career in advertising where I, I literally cried, actually, every day coming out of the office. Because the people, and there's no disrespect to my previous agencies, but there was a an arrogance to advertising at that point where people who had won global awards and disrupted categories and done phenomenal work became, if you weren't careful, on one side you had super arrogant people who like, I know I'm good at what I do, therefore I'm going to tell everybody and make sure they know it. On the flip side, you have people who are super good at what they do, they know it, but they have a different demeanor and they don't need to put that on people. And so... Yeah, I struggled with that, but I think you have to have that grit and determination. I stayed at Saatchi and Saatchi for actually seven years and broke through that pain barrier 
and broke down those barriers and worked with those individuals to actually after seven years leaving and those same people going, do you know what? I gave you such a hard time when you arrived. I applaud you for, for sticking with it and I'm really excited about what you do next. I think where we're at now is actually it's quite different. You can't kind of be like that anymore. Um, it's not kind, it's not fair, but it also really discourages the younger generation and the people who are graduating and those young people in their early careers from being the best they can be. I remember listening to a um, podcast by Vince Frost, actually, and he was talking to David Nabay in Australia. Um, he used to be the chief creative officer at Such and Such, Sydney, I think. He's doing other things now, but he, he said this one thing which I thought was super interesting. He said when he was reviewing creative people's work and, and people within his team, be super critical and hard about the work, but love the individual. And I just thought that was so on point because often people perceive the critique on their work as a direct influence on what you think about them. And the two things can get very quickly merged and they should be separated. Yeah, I, I remember lots of occasions where you can kind of take out of those situations feelings of um, I'm not doing very well or that that was really, really bad or that was really rubbish. Being stood in a room where, you know, a pretty well-respected creative is ripping up work in front of you and you're going, what on earth just happened? I don't think that's good behavior. But I think to come back to the vision of what this thing is about, it is about really empowering people, having a positive mindset, knowing what to do with those negative feelings, those negative energies um, that can happen in a, in a day and putting them into practice really. So giving practical tools on how to turn those things around. Fantastic. And, and I think um, just come back to your points earlier. So I think we've probably both been through that kind of, maybe it's an age thing as well, where in the early stages of your career, it was almost like trial by fire, really. Um, I, I don't think agencies on the whole act in the same way, or at least I hope not, um, like that now where it's vindictive and, and people personally attacked. I think it is important for younger creatives to learn quite quickly that they shouldn't take things too personally, but that should be taught to them as well so that they can understand that the work can be viciously critiqued, but it's about the creative work and uh, it's not about the person essentially but it's, that's also the responsibility of the creative director involved to, like you said, kind of uh, make that clear and also build confidence within the people working with them. So uh, a very important part of the role. I think because we're all creatively led people, I know for me, when I'm working, I put myself into the work and there's this fine line between putting yourself into something versus them being critiqued for that work and, and knowing where that spot of, oh yeah, no, they're totally right. I, t I take that on board versus, oh wow, I feel super offended. And look, we're trying to be artists, but there is a commerciality to, to what we do. Yeah, that was the point I was going to make actually. Clear difference, isn't it? You know, creativity with commercial goals as opposed to just free creativity. You know, we sit with the commercial aspect. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You're not maybe necessarily having to create art all the time unless you're in that sphere. 
Uh, and I know certain designers who have that artistic flavor to their work, and that's the path they've chosen to go down. And that's totally fine. Like Jonathan Ellery at Browns, for example, beautiful artistic design-led work is merging design and art together. And that's what he's chosen to do. And that's totally fine. But flip to a global design consultancy. You can't kind of necessarily have that same mindset. There has to be a commerciality behind it and answering the client's brief, being profitable, all those sorts of things. Let's come back to your point about how you can take feedback. So um, I think that's, that is the responsibility of the creative director to deliver it in a certain way that's uh, constructive, but also um, it, it's not going to touch too many nerves. You need to understand people to be able to deliver feedback. And, and there are some people who are really sensitive, others who uh, you know take feedback really well. But um, if the creative director doesn't understand the people that he's delivering feedback to, that's always going to go wrong. And it is such a, a difficult thing to navigate, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I'm constantly questioning myself in those team feedback moments. Was I too harsh? Was I too soft? Loads of little things like that. And I think that is part and parcel of being a good leader, that you're questioning your approach and analyzing yourself. And also just asking for feedback, actually. Yeah, yeah not just uh, delivering uh, feedback, but actually understanding how from the people that you give feedback to, how you did it, did you do it well, is a balance. And it also is just the pursuit of being better at what you do. Mm. It shows a care and attention for your work and, and the people in the team around you. So oh, this is a great topic. I'm enjoying this. Um, just the last question. So this is a great platform. You've really thought this through very well. How can people get involved in it? Yeah, in a number of ways. I mean, from a... An interview perspective, please reach out to me, anyone who's listening who would love to be part of the conversation. Um, and that is not really limited to high-level, high-powered individuals smashing the world in, in terms of X, Y, and Z. I'm interested in actually talking to anyone um, from a graduate up to a CEO working in the creative industry. So please reach out to me if you're interested in getting involved, being interviewed. Other ways you can get involved is just by contributing to the conversation online, commenting, liking, tweeting. Um, but actually just reach out and, um, and communicate with people. I want to kind of build um, a network in a way, a supportive network. Um, that's not necessarily about just drawing alongside people because they're struggling. It's actually just drawing alongside people so people can be encouraged. We're, we're getting amused because Herman the dog has just walked in with a, a very interesting looking bone. He's actually uh, been very well behaved up to this point. It was his 12th birthday yesterday, so we gave him a meat donut, which he's eaten half of now. And now he's trying to present this soggy piece of uh, sinew or, or whatever the hell it is to me while I'm talking to Alex. Well, thank you for sharing, Herman. That's nice. He's very proud of it, yeah. But ultimately, you know, the, the intention to give back to this industry is, um, is fantastic. So thank you for asking me to be involved today. And um, apologies for my non-professionalism as an interviewer. This was good, actually. I think, I think you're putting yourself down there. Yeah, well, I, I enjoyed it. Maybe I've got a second career. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting flashbacks to various talk show hosts. Bob Monkhouse, maybe. Or... 
<laughs> you're, you're going back a long way now. I'm showing my age. Hey, Graham, thanks for your time. No, thank you, Alex. Thanks. This podcast was brought to you by the Department of Proactiveness and was recorded in accordance with the social distancing rules. If you're a brand interested in sponsoring future episodes of DOPA, or you simply just want to get in touch, please email info at thedopa.com. Thank <laughs> you.